This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We both just saw it. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome D. Ted Smith and Steve Ness. You are now entering... What's up, D. Ted Smith? Tell you what, Mixie. What's up? Out of respect Smitty. for you, I didn't ask a question during the wrestling interview. <laughs> That's right. When for wrestling fans, you're gonna want to stick around till the very end of our podcast. <laughs> we're still doing a full podcast or however full whatever full means in our world. Yeah. Anywhere from thirty to forty minutes. And then at the end of it, if you're not a wrestling fan, the podcast is over. If you are a wrestling fan, you'll get to hear me chat with uh, Brian Danielson about a match you already had, but I recorded it before the match, but it's still a fun chat. So if you're, if you're a fan of wrestling and you enjoy listening to Brian Danielson, you, you want to listen to it. But yeah, thanks, Ted, for not chiming in during the interview. I wanted to get I, my question. I could just see it in your eyes. Like, yeah. you were so excited. This is my time. I didn't want to step on your toes. Ted, I have to wish you a very happy anniversary. All right. Did you remember our anniversary? You didn't remember our anniversary. I didn't. After all these years of you and I being friends, you forgot that this is our seven-year anniversary. Of the Megacast? No, the night that we dressed up as Bert and Ernie and went to a fish concert. Oh! <laughs> Dude, I was talking about that on the show, like, I think yesterday or Monday. <laughs> I thought about it this morning because we were talking about an insane thing that happened at a fish show where- Right, where the people fell. One guy fell and died off the, yeah. off the upper level, and then another guy fell and landed on another human being who probably was hallucinating, and that had to have messed up his high. Yeah, well, Broke that's his a, leg and everything. I was telling that story, and I was like, well, we were dressed as Bert and Ernie. Like, it was a fun show. And I go, and Bert and Ernie get into any suite they want. Any suite. It didn't matter. We were in, we were in like the, the, the team owner suite at one point, I think. Right. And yes. they, right, they were like, did you have tickets for that? We we're like, no. No. And then I was telling them about. I uh, think we had like regular, just a regular seat ticket. We, and we were able to get anywhere. We didn't try to go on the floor, but I'm sure we could have gotten We could have. Bert, yeah. Bert and Ernie get invited everywhere. Yeah. And then I was telling them about taking pictures with people that I knew, but they didn't know it was us inside yes. of there. Happy birthday. Like, God damn it. What is this? Like, Who three is this? <laughs> Ernie, why do you know my birthday? Yeah, it was uh, seven years ago. It showed up on my Facebook memories. Nice. That you and I went to see the, the fish. We went and saw fish over at what was now, it's now Climate Pledge, but it was then the Key Arena. And we were dressed as those Halloween costume versions. If you go to our Twitter headers, I think both of us still have it as our, our cover photo of yeah. uh, us as Bert and Ernie. And we just dominated that fish concert to the point where- on fish message boards, they were talking about Bert and Ernie dancing behind the band. Because we ended up in a suite behind the band. Right, I remember that. And and was that the same night somebody left their phone like there, and then they had to go back and get it? Not that I remember, but I, right. it was a very fuzzy night. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, that's so funny you thought of it as well, but that was such a fun, fun concert. And I was thinking, should Bert and Ernie make an appearance at a Kraken game? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, no. I want to go see one first, yeah, and then I'm we can be jackass. I, I'm just kidding. That would go. That would not go over as well, I'd imagine. People loved us as Bert and Ernie when we were at the Fitch concert, though. They did. That was a great time, and they let us in everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think. Yeah. No, nope, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. God, that was a fun night. That was an insane night. I can't believe that was seven years ago. That's still, wild. Still, my I think that's the last time I saw Fish. I don't know if I'd ever go see Fish again unless we go as Bert and Ernie. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, we go one of those weekends at the Gorge, but that's always my joke. The big thing in the fish circles is never miss the Sunday show. So I always say, miss the Sunday show. Yeah, we don't care about the Sunday show. Yeah. Sunday show is for posers. <laughs> it's for like Muppet Babies, not Bert and Ernie. Now, yeah. yeah. Little kid stuff. <laughs> we go hard. We go hard. Friday and Saturday shows. Bert and Ernie from the streets. I think that's what we were calling ourselves. Right. <laughs> Walking the streets of Lower Queen Anne, which... Um, if we have time, I'll, I'll I'll share my experience. I got to check out Climate Pledge Arena over the weekend, and it, oh, nice! It's not the key arena anymore at all. That's, minus minus I, the roof, it is a completely brand new arena. Okay, that's. I saw a lot of tweets last night that were just like, "This is not the key arena." No, I get why Shaq and other people have said that this is the nicest arena that they've ever been to. 
It's without, I mean, remove the roof situation. This is just a brand new arena that was built in the same spot where the key arena was. I will say, though, $16 for a 12-ounce can of craft beer. I'm like, oh. Dude, $16 for a can of Truly. $13 for a can of Coors Light. I saw the pictures, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. That's So when we go to the Kraken game in December, we might just need to pre-funk. Well, we're going to pre-funk either way. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, damn it. I keep forgetting. I got to work that day. What day? Because the game's on Friday, right? That December it's a Saturday is it? I think it's a. Fr- I thought it was a Friday night. Hold on, I but I was it. I was telling Mike Hawk about it. I was like, oh yeah, Steve and I are going to do this and that. And he's like, are you taking the day off? I was like, oh yeah, it is a work day. I was like, no, I didn't. I was like, damn, I didn't think about that. We'll still get a couple in, but I want to see the because I've never been there and I've I will never been to a cracking game. Like that's one sporting event where like I want to see the pregame stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? It's we'll figure out a way to pre-funk, even if it's like doing shots on the walk there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we, I want to be there before the game starts, too. And I think the game starts at 7. So yeah. we'll have to just kind of hightail it. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll show up here and hop on the appy hour real quick. And we'll make it a quick one. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm totally in. And then we'll just we'll just go straight to the arena from here. Yeah. We'll, leave, we'll worry about getting our stuff later. Yeah. We'll have, yeah. Shot, we'll have shots of beers here. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll pre-funk here. And we'll go straight to the game. We yeah. get on the monorail. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a party. We're good. It's, it's on. It's on. Oh, we don't have to worry about anything. I'll bring my Burt costume again. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I definitely, if we have time, I have a very, very, like, just crazy weekend that happened uh, at Climate Pledge Arena where I got to go check out the new ice arena. Nice. All right. Let's get, let's get rocking. Let's get things going. Let's get inspired by Ernie. Yeah. Ted Talks. Starring Vtex Smith. Can't believe you forgot our anniversary. Sorry, honey. It's okay, babe. Don't forget next year. It's our our, our monumental October twentieth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this one's a little sad to start, but uh, unfortunately, I found out over the over the weekend, a guy that's my age, forty years old, I went to high school with, was having like super healthy guy, was having some surgery or whatever. Either way, never made it out of the surgery table. Wow. So yeah, and this sounds bad, but well, like he ran a gym and you know what I mean. It's just like. It's just shocking. You're like, mm-hmm. that guy passed away? But was, was it like, was he going in for a serious surgery or was I it just complications was, during the surgery? You know, one of, the, one of those things, like he had some pain or whatever. He goes in, they found fluid around his heart. But I mean, oh like gosh. if you looked at, right, he owned a gym. You wouldn't like, right. It just, it, I guess I just want to remind people that like do the right stuff and everything. But man, life is short. Yeah. And it's, it's sobering. But also I just want to remind people too, like life is short. So, you know, try to be good to others. Right. And it's easy to say love others and this and that. But sometimes there's tough things and you deal with people in your life that won't do right by you. Right. Just let it go. Forgive them. Yeah. You don't have to forget. Right. Like I don't forget stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you live with that kind of anger and stuff at the end of the day, like the a-holes you're mad at, like they don't care. No, no, they're just going about their day not knowing that you're just still miserable about it. Yeah, so I, I, and it's t- and listen, you can hear it in my voice. It's tough to do, but I'm telling you, you got to forgive people. You don't have to forget, and don't go back and make the same mistakes. You don't have them. to be buddy buddy again, right? But mm-hmm. just you know, life life is shockingly short. Yeah, that one, that one, I was like, holy cow. Yeah, man, and I that to double down on this, the, the bummer stuff, but it's like it doesn't seem like it's you know the older we get, these are the stories we're going to hear more, and it's going to yeah. be like a constant reminder of. Man, just make the most of what life we do have. Because like you said, yeah, life, I always joke, I'm like, life is short, but it's also really long in the sense that like, don't do something that you're miserable with because, or don't be miserable in your life because we we have only one life on this planet and it could be a really long time and you're just stuck doing things that are making you miserable. That sucks to be miserable the entire time you're on this planet. It does. Yeah. And also I would remind people too, we all know it, but just be careful with social media. Because it makes people very jealous of each other. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes the stuff you see on there is not that per- person's real life. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I have plenty of friends who work jobs that they don't necessarily love, but they love spending time with their kids mm-hmm. or coaching or doing, you know, playing in a, I don't know, maybe playing a pool league or a dart league. So, you know, just find that happiness for you. So I always like, so, and I never get mad at anyone because everyone's like, I only put things that I think are fun on my social media page. I'm never one. I'm not going to get on like a soapbox. I'm not going to start like starting arguments with people. Because to me, social media is not real. It's just like a, it's like a scrapbook. That's how I view it. Like it's a scrapbook of fun memories that I could put on somewhere 
That way I don't have to constantly send these pictures to all of my friends and family and they can see all the fun stuff that I might be up to. And I like seeing the fun stuff that my friends are up to. Like if you're yeah. out in, in Milwaukee, I love seeing those pictures because yeah. like, oh, cool. My buddy's having fun. I'm not one that's going to use my social media to, to bitch. But that also then people have this perception of me that like everything is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's nice, but it's almost condescending sometimes where people when are like, Oh yeah, you don't understand because like everything's going so great for you in your life. You got a kid, you got your wife, you got you just got to try out to be on the Kraken's emergency backup goalie thing. You got on the cover of a magazine. I'm like, yeah, you're friends with Ted Smith. Friends with Ted Smith. That's always the first thing that comes up. <laughs> yeah, like these are all fun things, but that doesn't mean like I was telling you before we started the show how like I was just beat down one day in tears because of something that was going on at home. Like, but yeah. those aren't things I'm not going to talk about. Not because I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm just like that's. That's stuff I talk about with my friends. That's stuff that I talk Private. about. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm not gonna go on social media and then post a picture of me with tears in my eyes explaining why like I'm 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 just beat down about something. I yeah. just, I don't know. That's me personally. I don't judge people for however they use it. The one thing I would ask people to stop doing on social media, stop looking for fights. I just, it's it's insane, dude. I see people on Twitter. I got to imagine they're on twenty four seven and they're just looking for anything that goes against whatever they believe. Let's just. Let's just say like you are um, someone that hates anyone that wears a mask. And it yeah. seems like anyone that wears a post a picture of them wearing a mask, you're fighting with them. People you don't even know. I'm like, why is that even productive? Why is that even mentally a good thing for you to put yourself through where you're constantly looking for someone to argue with on social media? You're not changing their mind. You're just this crazy rando that's getting on their page yelling at them. Yeah. And listen, working in the industry we work in, mm-hmm. There's ways to take pictures of stuff that makes it look more full or there's more people there or it's a bigger deal than it is. Right. Right. (laughs) So like sometimes you got to be careful too with stuff because it's like that is such a small sample size of what's actually going on. Dude, that is real. Like let's stop worrying. Like I just I'm not going to I always tell people when that get worked up about this. I'm like, why are you so consumed with the opinion of somebody else who you don't know? So you don't even know if their opinion is valid. But you're yeah. mad at them about their opinion. It's just their opinion. Yeah. If, if if they think like the world's coming to an end tomorrow and they're giving you all these reasons and you don't agree, just, just move on. Yeah. Like, it's it's not like by you fighting with them, save the world from ending tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like And it's all words. There's yeah. no there's you know, there's no uh what's it, context or whatever, or not mm-hmm. context. You know, like like I could say something to you and you can hear my inflection. Inflection, yep. Right? Like when I like I say all the time, kind of joking around with people, like if you you know if Steve Burns, you know, I'm like, oh f off, yeah, right. But like if I twi- type out to Twitter to Steve f off, you'd be like, like whoa, what, what happened? I need to call Ted and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Ted, just, dude, I thought we were Bert and Ernie, man. Like Bert would never tell Ernie to f off. Oh, he would when he's blacked out drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's a solid point. <laughs> you know how Bert gets, Mister Nice Guy. Uh huh. You never seen him when he's drinking his old gin and tonics. Oh, he gets wasted. Such throwing bottles at people. You know, well, even like don't Saturday, even talk to Big Bird. Even Saturday or Sunday, I was with a group of people and we were talking about Pink Whitney's. Yes, and everybody's just like, I don't know. Like they're just like, what? What? What are you saying? Like Pink Whitney? What is that? I'm like it's just an alcoholic drink. Yeah, I was like, it's really good. But it's it's funny. I run in some circles too, where like people almost get thrown off, and I'm like, well, it started with a, a, a hockey podcast, right? Well, I don't watch sports. You That's not to. the point. Do you like alcohol? Right. Yeah. But I don't like hockey. You don't need to like hockey to like the Pink Whitney. I can tell you this: I have never seen a Grateful Dead song. Right. But I love hanging out with Grateful Dead fans. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, oh, I don't watch what a sports ball or whatever. I'm like, oh. come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a thing bringing people together. They're having fun. I mean, look at it right now. It's so much fun being around people that never watched hockey before that are all of a sudden invested. Yeah. Because we have a home team, and it's like I never thought in a million years I'd have like water cooler talk at work about the Kraken or you or know, hockey in general. Yeah. Or or be at the gym and somebody sees my Kraken tattoo is like. And so I remember one's like, do I need to be worried? I'm like, not yet. No, 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 not yet. It's it's too early in the season to be worried. Like we haven't even had a home game. We're still unbeaten at home. Like, let's not let's not forget that. Yeah. Like, we haven't played a game at home, but you know. That's all right. Hey, get them. Right. Well, yeah, it's like, do you like vodka? Yes. Do you like pink lemonade? Love it. 
Would you like a lemonade and pink lemonade infused vodka? Absolutely. Well, it's called Pink Whitney. It's based on this hockey pod. I don't like hockey. And I don't like podcasts. Yeah, right. What the hell is wrong with you? Right, chill out. Do you like fun? Yes. Well, you would love it. Do you right. like cheap alcohol? It's like ten bucks at Safeway. That stuff's great, man. It's the best. It is, man. I'm getting thirsty just thinking of it. We got to get a bottle before we go to the game. I'll bring it here to work. Nice. We'll drink it on the way in a brown paper bag. Dude, do we go old school and just get a couple pints and just swig them, or half pints and just swig them on the way up? Like, look, it's going to be dark, probably rainy, it's December. I don't think anybody's going to stop us on the street and be like, are you two consuming alcohol? You're absolutely right. Let's yeah. do it. Oh, man, that's good. we're just going to get really raunchy. Yeah, I mean, that's tailgating, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't generally drink on the light rail, but I've been known to have a little nip on the platform before I head up to a Husky game. Then we might have to wait in a line to get into the game. Yeah. It's going to be cold. What warms the soul more than Pink Pink Whitney's? Pink Whitney's. We're the biggest effing hockey fans here, man. Take a pull. Yeah. Oh, COVID, you can. <laughs> so real quick, I want to tell you the uh, what, what happened over at, uh, at, at Climate Pledge. So All right. last week, I get a, a, a message from somebody that is... In, Related to somebody who works for the Kraken. And they're like, okay. hey, what, what's your status? Are you vaccinated? And would you be available on the home opener? And I'm like, yes and yes. Why? I need to put you in touch with this guy. He's desperately looking for some people to audition for an opportunity with the Kraken. All right. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know it. So I, I, I get all my info. I get a, a, an email from the guy. He's like, hey, what's your mobile number? I'm like, it's this. He goes, let me call you. He calls me up. He's like, how are we being connected? I'm like, I explained to him what went on. He goes, this is all very random because he's not from here. He's from Vegas. He's part of, um, so it turns out he is part of the team that worked in Vegas. That okay. got hired by the Kraken. Now works for the Kraken to create the, the entertainment that happens on the ice. Nice. Right. So all that craziness that the Kraken had before their games, he was Part of the, he's one of the main players that was responsible that for Vegas. It. Yeah, that did it in Vegas. So we talk. He's like, man, I'm loving your vibe. He's a wrestling fan. So we All hit right. it off about that, which I thought was awesome. Just a good dude from New York. Instantly, as I'm talking, he goes, whereabouts New York are you from? I'm like, oh, is it that obvious? He goes, yeah, for a New Yorker it is. I'm like, oh, Brooklyn. He's like, my parents are from Brooklyn. Great guy. Like, I, I did it today to somebody. BS one of them. I go, you from here? Where are you from, brother? He's like, Charlotte. I was like, oh, I'm from D.C. Yeah, it's funny when you start <laughs> noticing that. So, so we hit it off great. Get a message from him. He's like, hey, I need you to come pledge. You know, he's like, I'm getting a great vibe from you. What they were looking for is their main person was not available. They, they're creating a team of hosts. Uh, All right. The people that, like, basically are on the microphone in between stoppage of play. Uh, in, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, welcome Kraken fans. Hey, we're about to play, you know, the, the hydroplane races. Which person, you know, not the announcer guy that says who scored the goal and the penalties and stuff. More of the person that's kind of like the ultimate fan hanging in the in, in the stands talking to people. Yeah, like you walk around, you're waving a towel, you got on the gear. Yeah, that All kind right. of a guy. So I'm like, they're like, we have a team, we and we're happy with them, but it just for crazy reasons, the main people aren't able to do it and we're in a bind, so we need somebody that will also be our backup whenever they can't do it as well. All right. I'm like, what is it with me and being a backup for the Kraken and things? Like it's got eventually you're getting on that ice. At some point, Ted. At some point. So I was like, oh, yeah, 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 that sounds great. I was like, I wouldn't be able to commit to do it all the time. Even yeah. if I was like, if I knocked it out of the park and you're like, can you do every game? I'm like, I can't. Like, that's that's impossible when you wake up at three in the morning. So yeah. he's like, well, come down. You know, we just want to make sure you're cool. You know, he's like, just really just want to make sure you're not a jerk. This, that, and the other thing. Get a, like, he's like, I get a great vibe from you. So just come on down on Saturday at around one and we'll, we'll go through it all like an, an audition. I'm like, all right, that sounds cool. Go down there. I did not realize when I got down there that it was as much of an audition as he meant. So I get down there. They're trying out a backup for the PA announcer as well. All right. So that's going on. First of all, I walk into that arena and just blown away. It's, it's the most incredible. It, I, like I said, it's, it's beautiful. And you walk in and it's just like down. Like you from the floor level, you're basically at the nosebleed section. And oh, no you kidding. look straight down and that there's the ice. So it's like you're above... The main section above the ice. All right, and I think you're like right in the middle of where like the three hundred or the two hundred level. I think it is two hundred. Right, and then right. there's one hundred and two hundred. That's basically it. Um, but yeah, so you're at the top. So you go down, and I'm like, this is incredible. So I see him there. I meet up a few of the other people. These are all like the main Vegas, like well respected people in this industry that did this. All there, and he's like, cool. Are you all set to go? I'm like, 
yeah. He goes, here's the mic. It's it's going to be hot in a second. Oh, oh, right. I thought I was going to go into like a room and just like, and it wasn't any fault of theirs. They said, come the climate pledge. It's an audition. I should have maybe been more mentally ready thinking that I'm going to be on the microphone with the big speakers. So as the construction's going on, as Tim Laiwiki and the ownership group are walking around watching me on a microphone, basically doing this as an audition. Are you in the stands or are you on the ice? I'm in the stands about like 10 rows above the ice. Okay. And so they're setting me up in these situations where I'm like talking to a fan, which is just a coworker. Right. One of them was funny. She was like being a total jerk on purpose to see how I would handle it and like how nice I would still be. And like, dude, I give them all the credit in the world. It didn't work out. I'll spoiler alert on that. But I give them all the credit in the world. This did guy, you get to fire a t-shirt cannon? I didn't, but right. I did get to announce a team of people that would be firing a t-shirt cannon. Nice. They weren't there, uh, but it was cool, man. Like I was doing all this stuff, and he would. They were coaching me there, like, "Hey, we need you to talk a little bit slower. That way, we could hear it. Just understand that it's going to be people walking around. They're not going to be able to fully pay attention to you. So, the slower, the better when you're doing this." All right. It's hard for me because I'm nervous. There is that weird delay with the microphone, even though it's not a lot, but it's enough to like you're trying to like get ahead of the your own voice. So I was just like overwhelmed by the whole thing. And I thought it was the drizzling poops. Although a lot a lot of times during it, like he would coach me, I would do it again. He's just like, Yeah. Like but I think people don't understand too. Like I can't explain it, but like you do it with Defy, I do it with Cage Sport. Mm-hmm. Like for those like Maybe a second or and a half or two that you put the mic down and you're not saying something. It mm-hmm. seems like forever. Eternity. And you could just, like, I try not to make eye contact, but you could feel every eyeball on you. And that's kind of what it felt like. And also, my nerves, I, I talk a lot faster when I'm nervous. So, we all do. Yeah. So I was flying through it. I got to where I slowed down a little bit more. But in my head, I'm like, everything else I felt like I nailed. But that's a big part of it because they don't want you to be a hundred percent all the time on the mic they're like sometimes you're talking while people are still getting in there it's like 20 percent capacity we don't need you yelling <laughs> into right. the microphone we need you to like kind of almost like ease people into the experience and i was having a hard time with that but they did everything in their power to set you up for success and i was like all right that to me was the most impressive thing like how supportive and how willing they were to like try and get you to be the best version of yourself as possible which i you know sometimes you do these things and it and some people would have the attitude of like, you don't got it. You don't got it. Get the hell out. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah, they, yeah. That we got enough people. So I go through all of it and they were very happy and complimentary till the very end. And even the guys like, hey, keep tomorrow open because it looks good. But, you know, we still have more people to check out. But you did great. And we got to still talk about it. But if we do need you, we're going to need you tomorrow to do a, a dry run. We're going to have a hockey game go on with like some beer leaguers. And we're going to treat it like a pro, like the game and full on nice. dress rehearsal. I'm like, yeah, I'll be here if you need me. He's like, awesome. Blah, blah, blah. So I get home and I'm kind of like, I'm in my head about it. I'm like, man, I failed that. Like, I just sucked. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, even course. Sid's like, how'd you do? I'm like, I don't think I did very well. And I hadn't heard from him all day. And I'm like, oh, you know, they probably just not going to contact you if you didn't get the gig. And it is what it is. Around like nine o'clock at night, my phone rings and I'm like, uh oh! Pick up the and I see it's his name and I'm like, oh boy, heart starts racing. I'm like, maybe I did get the gig. Pick up the phone. He's like, hey man, I just got done here because there was a game going on that day as well. So I'm sure they had to like pay attention to that too. Well, I was gonna say right because they were in Columbus. Yeah. So he's like, uh, he's like, we, we're not gonna need you tomorrow. We won't need you on Saturday. But this isn't uh, we don't need you at all. He's like, we definitely want to keep you on speed dial. We loved your vibe. Everyone agreed. Like you were. You were pretty much the guy, and if it wasn't for this other person that came in and was just like plug and play, like, and I got that. Like, if you got you got a week to prep me and get me ready to be a guy that could do an NHL hosting gig that's never done it before, or you have a guy that has the skill set that walked right in and had the the yeah. nerves to do it, go with that person. I don't blame you. I'm bummed because I was like, oh, I get to go. To so are you a free. backup for that now? I feel like I'm a backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. If I you get know. called in on the game we're supposed to go to, I'm going to be pissed. Dude, that was my fear. I'll be screaming at you, but I'll be like, damn it, Steve, it's supposed to be us. You know what's funny is I thought about that. I'm like, that's a non-negotiable. I'm not doing that game. <laughs> I would I, I would like, I even thought about that when I was like trying to figure it out. I'm like, I can't do Halloween because I'm not missing Tatum going around trick-or-treating. I've already turned down a wrestling uh, booking because of that. <laughs> like, And that was actually one that was getting me nervous because like, we need you in the beginning of the season. And the first four games, one of them is Halloween. So I was like, man, I might have to 
I might have to turn this gig down if they say they need me here for that. So them turning me down definitely relieved a lot of stress, but also I'm human and I was so de- I was devastated for the rest of the day. I was really disappointed and the next day I was kind of depressed and I give props to my wife. Like she's always been very supportive, but she's not like she's not like walking around pumping my tires all the time. No. But like that she knew I was bummed and she's like, "You know, it's obvious that they don't they're not from here. They don't know what you are and what you've done for this city when it comes to like your love for hockey on the air." Right. And if they did, I bet they would have if, if it was close between two people, they would have went with you because they would have recognized what value you bring. Maybe not perfect on the microphone, but you bring a lot because that fan base that's at a hockey game, a good number of them are KSW listeners. I was going to say, there's a there's a huge chunk of that audience that knows exactly who Steve Miggs is. And that, that meant a lot hearing that. Like, you know, I was like, I because you feel it, you think it, but you found, you also feel like a douchebag if you say it. You're like, don't you know who I am kind of thing? But it's oh, like, hey, you got to pass up on this? So long story short, super long story, sorry. Uh, but it was it was a surreal experience, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like a whirlwind because it was like I went from one minute not knowing that they knew who the hell I was to come down and audition. I to, mean, at some point between this and the backup goalie, you got to do something with that club this year. I, I feel like maybe I'll be hired to be the backup to the the beer guy in section one hundred three. You know what's going to happen is you're going to be playing goaltender for the other team, and then when there's a stoppage in play, somebody skates you a mic, and you're like. Okay, folks, uh, now look at the t-shirt cannon. <laughs> Don't forget to head to the team store. We're offering a great discount on home jerseys. Right. They brought in the emergency goaltender, and he's also doing announcements. Yeah, dude, it was insane. The whole thing was just a whirlwind. I couldn't even believe. I can't even put it into words. It was nuts. Oh, that's awesome, though. Yeah. Was, and you got to see it before anybody else did. That was pretty cool. Like, yeah. I got to be on the microphone in the arena. And at one point, I'm like saying some stuff, and I'm like, "All right, let's hear it for our crack, like for our cracking." And there's a bunch of like construction guys going, "Yeah!" And I was like, "That's pretty funny." Like if a construction guy knew who, like if they're a listener of KSW, like, is that Steve on the microphone? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> the whole thing, dude, it was nuts. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was an experience of a lifetime. I wish it would have ended differently because how nuts would that have been if I got to be the host that opening night? That'd be wild. Like I'd be the first person talking. Yeah. Crazy. All right, I got to ask, and I'm sure you didn't because you're professional. Yeah. What were you like, want to slide me a ticket for that first game? <laughs> I mean, I know that's not your style, but that that's tough. You're in the arena making announcements. Like, hey, look, whether you use me or not, but I showed up. I'm ready for tomorrow. Yeah. Can, can I get a ticket? You Yo, just... Y'all got any more of them tickets? <laughs> it's like, your guy might blow his voice. You might need a backup while there. Come on. I don't even need a seat. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to standing room. Yeah, I'll just milly around. Well, that was the funny part, too. She's like, well, she's like, well what was it going to pay? I'm like, I have no idea. I have oh. no that page. I got to imagine it's like at least a couple hundred bucks for all I, I wouldn't know. even have thought to ask. And she's like, you didn't even think about that? I'm like, all I, I'll be honest, all I was hoping is that they would hook me up with a jersey with my name on it. <laughs> like, if they would personalize a jersey. She's like, but you already have a jersey. I was like, yeah, but I don't have a free jersey that's personalized, given to me by the team. She's like, you're so weird. I was like, what? She's like, so you'd rather that over the fi- like 500 bucks if it was like 500 bucks a game? I'm like, kind of. <laughs> I mean, look, right? I have a Sounders one. You know, when Brett was the kit, kit guy and Drago was there, like they, they're authentic jerseys. Mm-hmm. They have our names on them. They have 99.9. I mean, I rarely wear that thing, but I love it. But you're right. There's right. something different about getting it from the team. Yeah. If they, yeah. They, they think of you. Like I got so like silly jealous, but jealous of like some of the radio people over at the over at KJR because obviously they work with them. It's the yeah. broadcast home for them. And other like TV personalities like Ross Fletcher, he works at Root, which is the broadcast partner. But you see them opening up the boxes and they got like the personalized jersey as a gift from the team. I'm like, why not us? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I was going to get one. Nope. <laughs> I failed us, Ted. Would you put Migliori or just Migs? I would put Migs. They were calling me Migs there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like They were all like, it was like the whole crew. We were just like, hey, what's up? And he was great. He did his research. Because I, I pick up the phone, he goes, so you're a wrestling fan, you 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 try not to be our backup goalie, and you're a girl dad. I have kids too. And I'm oh like, damn! I was like, okay, I'm glad I don't put anything really going back to our conversation about social media. I'm glad I don't use that for a soapbox because yeah, they no clearly kidding. checked my social media pages to make sure that I wasn't something that maybe would put them in a bad light. Yeah, yeah. So remember that, kids. 
For real. <laughs> Don't write stupid stuff on social media. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll get into the wide world of sports. Maybe oh, yeah. Some cracking. Uh, maybe we'll drown our sorrows in the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> when the Megacast returns. Come on, Hawks. Ted and Steve need a minute to jump in the shower and crush a beer. The Megacast will be back. At first, I thought I just loved fall like everyone else. But then one day, I let my daughter walk home in the pouring rain. I could have been on time, but I stopped for another pumpkin spice latte. We were having dinner with friends. I got blackout drunk on pumpkin ale. My wife told me that I tried to romance a bowl of pumpkin risotto. She'll never unsee that. These are real stories from real addicts. That's why we at Pfizer have stopped working on COVID to develop the Pumpkin Patch, a convenient, discreet, wearable step-down treatment to stop the cravings threatening pumpkin addicts and their families. Good people with a bad habit who just needed a little help to get their lives back. I'm not late for the bus anymore. We're starting to use our real names again, and it feels pretty good. The Pumpkin Patch is not covered by insurance, but at $9.50, it's still cheaper than a latte. The Pumpkin Patch from Pfizer. We're more than just COVID and boners. I wish the entire Kraken hockey team would line up and shoot pucks at Ted and Steve's face. Sorry, that was a little aggressive. I just want them to shut up. The Megacast is back. Uh. You trapped some bars, Ted. Steve, <laughs> and and everything involving the Kraken. Uh. Buy me a pretzel. Dude, I had a nice pretzel watching the uh, hockey game Saturday at the Queen Anne Beer Hall. The pretzels are good? They are. Dude, I just got my mind blown. I think Dairy Queen has pretzel sticks. Ooh. Well, this is, I mean, that's a German beer hall. Or, God damn it. I call it a German beer hall. I think technically it's Austrian. Hey. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. Soft. I mean, giant. I, I'm on a, I know you're the pretzel guy, but between Milwaukee and Queen Anne Beer Hall, I'm like Mr. Soft Pretzel on Saturdays. Now. Join the club, man. I don't know if I want to call myself Mr. Soft Pretzel. Yeah. Definitely don't call yourself Mr. Softy. <laughs> Although that's a great soft ice cream in the East Coast. Did you oh. guys have a Mr. Softy? We did not. That's a New York thing. But did you, have you read the articles about like, like the gangs? No. Oh yeah. Some of those Mr. Softies are run by like old school mobsters and like they, what? if other ice cream trucks try to get in their facility or their area, they had like baseball bats in their trucks. Oh, the Mr. Softy thing is deep. I'm going to read about, is there a documentary? Cause there needs to be. Man, I can't remember if it was last summer or the summer before I read all about this. And they're like, the mob controls Mr. Softy. I never heard this. Or there's like another one trying to break in. Hey, yo. Oh, hey, you want this? <laughs> We're the only ice cream guys on the block, hey? Yeah, I don't know. We just had an ice cream truck. Oh, dude, Mr. Softy was the best. It was a, it was a mobile truck that had soft ice cream. And it, you could either do vanilla vanilla. I'm back in New York. Uh, vanilla, vanilla. Chocolate or swirl. Chocolate or the swirl. Or... The most gangster one, and I would still go vanilla on both. It was a cone that split off into two cones. Ooh! So it was like those, like old, like those sugar cones. Oh yeah, like the little the short guys with the square bottom yeah. kind of thing. But it would branch off, and, and it almost became like a goalpost uh, in football. And you could fill up soft serve like of one flavor on one side and one on the other. And it would, it would hit a little bit, but I, I feel like I go swirl. I'm almost always vanilla. But if I have a swirl option, I'll swirl it. I have done swirl on one, vanilla on the other. So I still get yeah. the majority of the vanilla, and I could just work the swirl first. <laughs> we sound like the two whitest people in America. <laughs> well, we I mean, are. Yeah, I'll add a little swirl, but it's mostly vanilla. <laughs> All right? Mostly vanilla. It goes. It, you know what it washes down? Plain cheese pizza. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still like a slice of cheese. I was just thinking that this morning. I'm like... Yeah, New York. I'm either getting cheese or pepperoni. Nothing else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know. And I love Pagliacci. And I order some of their crazy ones. But yeah. yeah. Like, to me, I'm like, yeah, you either get cheese or pepperoni. I know. My buddy, uh, Nick Wayne, who's a wrestler, he's just blowing it up right now. He went to New Jersey to wrestle for a company, Game Changer. I think it was Game Changer Wrestling. It was one of the big indies. And he was in New Jersey. And I'm like, did you get any pizza? He goes, every night. And I'm like, 
you notice a difference, right? He goes, yeah, it's incredible. I'm like, yeah, it's pizza or bagels. He's like, oh, I had bagels too. I'm yeah. like, you love those as well? He goes, it was amazing. I was like, yeah, you just, it's impossible not to eat those things there. I know. I mean, Bagels is probably the one I miss the most. I would take, uh, if right now someone said we will hand you a New York style bagel or pizza, I'd go bagel as well. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, you could find good pizza. Yep. But a good plain bagel, mm. you don't even need cream cheese. You don't need anything on it. All right. Do you toast your bagels if you get them from a bagel <laughs> shop? Uh, yes. All right. I don't. So you just eat them raw? I raw dog that <laughs> MF with, with cream cheese. Oh, but the cream, oh, I mean, I don't hate it without, I do like a little crisp to it. All right. All right. I definitely like my bagels to be warm. All right, and then we'll get to sports. Did you eat lenders as a kid? Yes. The frozen ones? Oh, yeah. God, now those you would toast. We love those things, man. And we would put them in the, uh, we had like that, what is it, the confection oven? Like a toaster oven? Toaster oven, yeah. Yeah. I thought they, I don't know if it's called a confection oven or confection, I don't know. Why am I trying to sound serious? I don't know, but I know there's a difference I want to say between just a toaster oven and a convection oven. Okay, it's a toaster oven. Yeah. Yeah, we would, that's how we would cook our bagels. Uh, from the, the lenders ones, and then yeah. also the Tom, Thomas English muffins. Oh, yeah. Those were just butter. But yeah, I used to have <sighs> butter and some garlic salt. When I went to 13 Coins with uh, Danhausen, uh, after we, I, I ordered a breakfast solely because it came with uh, English muffins. Oh, yeah. I was like, I haven't had an English muffin in forever, and it was just as great as I remembered it. It's all, and, ba- and the only two is, <laughs> man, I'm hungry. I'm so but hungry. But bagels and muffins, too, also are good for, like, you could put lunch meat on there, like, whatever. Dude, I would get a salt pretzel bagel sandwich. Not salt pretzel, a salt bagel uh, sandwich at the, at the airport. I can't remember the place. I don't know if it's still there. It was next to the Burger King in the airport. Right. And they'd have these salt bagels that were awesome. And I would get a roast beef sandwich. Yeah. And it was a, the salt bagel with the roast beef sandwich was amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> my man. I want to eat all of this. Oh, when I was a kid, I was a little fat kid. So when my mom went Saturdays to go to this place called in College Park, you ready for this? The bagel place. <laughs> and I mean, we'd get a dozen bagels and cream cheese. And instead of like cutting it open, like I would just rip it, like cut it in, like rip it in half uh-huh. and then take a knife and scoop out. So every bite would have its own little uh, thing of cream cheese. I've, I, dude, I've been guilty of that. I yeah. love like the cream cheese, uh, like the, the like the packet. Oh, yeah. Just squeeze that mother on Squeeze there. a little and then bite and keep going like that way. It's amazing. I think our bagel place was at the end of our block. In New York, like right on Avenue U uh, in Flatbush. And it was just called New York Bagels. Yeah, that's what I love. Like <laughs> like the place, like Bagel Place. And then yeah. when I lived in uh, up in Baltimore in Towson, it was called Towson Bagel. The best part with ours, it wasn't just a bagel shop. The bagel part was in the back of the store. When you walk in, it was a full-on convenience store. It was kind of like the city oh, market yeah. uh, in, in, lower, in, in, in Capitol Hill that you used to live by. You'd walk in, you got all the stuff. Not a lot, but magazines, lots of wrestling magazines. That's why I like going there. And then the very back, that's where all the bagels were. And they were fresh. Yeah. Like when I, like, right. We used to go to some corner stores in Baltimore. There was one across the street and we would go get steak and cheeses over there. Yeah. Yeah. Then the other one was Knish's. I used to go to that same place. Knish's are delicious. And put those in the toaster oven. Mm. Cut them in fours, a little mustard, dip it. I've been known to eat a hamatashin myself too. What's a hamatashin? Uh, traditional Jewish like pastry around Purim, which is like Jewish Halloween. Okay. But it's like a. I've, I've probably had it and I don't even know what it is. I mean, I would argue because I used to run a Jewish talk show at Baltimore, Shalom USA, which Shalom Baltimore. Uh, but the. I never knew that. Oh my God. I did that for two years. I'd be there at 6 a.m. to run this show at 8. But yeah, they have a thrill to it before I did. And they would have us try food, but the, the hamantash, and I was like, this is delicious. It was like a. Oh, the triangle thing. Yeah, it's like a it's souped up like uh, Edamon's apple pie or whatever. Yeah. Or hostess look, apple pie. They look like little triangles and in the middle is like the... It's like lemon yes. or some kind of... Yeah, they're awesome. I never knew the name of these things. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, those are amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, you've had a Jewish talk show for two years, you learn stuff. Bro, I, I like that it's also known as Haman's Ears. Oh, all right. I don't know what that is about, but that's what... I'm sure it has to be. We knew the religion we know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should. You went. You you worked at the. Hey, they never told me the real name. They just called him Hamatashin. <laughs> I joke because I worked at a Spanish radio station. No one ever like clued me in on any of the things they were talking about. They're just like, just start the commercials. That's all we need you here for. So real quick, this was two guys, right? One guy was named Larry. I can't remember the other guy's name, but Larry. So people should know this too. When you listen to like AM stations and stuff, you could buy time. Yes, like I'm like KSW is way too big of a state. Like you can't buy time. A lot of AM stations around here, like those, like. Non brand, like not not like you know, obviously Como or Cairo are on a different level, but like these random smaller AM stations are 
our purchase time programming. Right. Mm-hmm. So they would they would buy time and they would do their t- and to their credit it was Shalom Baltimore and then they were getting syndicated so it was Shalom USA. But Larry had it broken down by every like 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he was awesome. The other guy was like stereotypical, just like didn't want to talk to anybody. Like he he was like the voice of the show, but he was never happy. But Larry was always like, Ted, good to see you. And he had everything. And he would have like he would have the CD stacked up like we need this music for that, this music for that. Like, yeah, it was it was. And you got to understand, right? I'm 21 or probably 22 doing this. So it's Sunday morning, right? Like sometimes I go out on Saturday night to just sleep at the station for three hours and then do the show. So right. I feel like crap. Larry was the nicest dude. He always had everything right. It was so easy to he run. He set you up for success. And they'll, right. And those two hours flew by. That's awesome. Yeah. I've worked on some weird radio gigs. Like I think about I worked at a gardening show uh, on Como AM. That was right. weird. Uh, and then like a food one. That one was awesome because sometimes they, they'd bring chefs in and they'd bring in like samples. Well, for two years, I was the executive producer of the Navy Football Network. Wow. Yeah, because I was in the studio and like run everything and then send it up to the bird and then it would go out on Armed Forces Network and this and that. That's pretty cool. It was. We were That's always nice. big in Hawaii because they have a huge naval base out there. Dude, really nice naval base. If I was going to be in the Navy, I'd want to be stationed at that naval base. Yeah. And I would drive and by that when we went to Hawaii, we went to the Pearl Harbor exhibit uh, and, and Memorial. And it was just like, they basically have their housing on the water. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. This is the Ted Smith's Wide World of Sports. Brought to you by Smith Family Popcorn. Good people, great popcorn. Tough weekend for sports fans in the Northwest. I, a bleepy bad weekend for all sports. Yep. Sounders dropped one. Don't worry, Sounders back in action tonight. There's they'll be fine. Yeah, lots of heartbreakers. If you're just wanting to have one game look good for Seattle sports. Right. Seahawks. I really thought that was a win we could steal. That didn't happen. It was Sunday night. Yeah, Dude. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long year. I remember thinking this is the worst Sunday night football game probably for them to have. You know, it just seemed like on paper it was going to just be crap. And it was a fun game. Oh, First yeah. Half it was a great sucked. watch. Yeah. But, man, the Seahawks, like, they, the defense looked pretty good. Man, it got to overtime. Who's that, who's that rookie? 2-2. Two, two. He had an awesome game. Is it um, the cornerback? Uh, not Trey, Trey, Trey Brown? He's tra- is that, yeah, Trey, Trey Brown. Brown. He looked great. Yeah. Like, Keep and him in. And then DJ be, Reed was the other one. They both look great. Yeah, and Brown seems to be one of the few people on our defense that remembers to bring his arms to the party and wrap up when you freaking tackle. That tackle was awesome. Jesus. And, and, Man, and, that was driving me nuts. Like, wrap up. No, we're all too busy trying to punch the ball out, Ted. We can't we can't do that. Because that always works. Yeah. And I mean I, it works against our players. I knew Roethlisberger was gonna throw a pick. And then when we hit Adams in the face basket. I get it. He's got his head lowered, going, but it was just, I'm sitting there, right? I had played soccer. We got a win finally this weekend. All right, so it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Wait, I, we got four points out of two games. Nice. Uh, but I'm sitting there with our buddy Brett, and I go, Roethlisberger's not good this year. He's going to throw it. And like, I was like, there it is. Oh, it's off his face mask. And it's just like, man, of all games, like you have that opening intro where you're saying you're the best in the nation. I know it was a goof, or was it, it supposed to, I guess it was a callback to someone else who once did that. Yeah, That's he was, he was talking, right? He was referencing a kid. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was like he was having, I wasn't worked up about that, but I'm like, oh, you're just, you're basically going to become the Twitter meme of the month. With that said, though, I love Adams. Same. He does a lot of stuff on that field that people don't see and causes a lot of trouble. But yeah, it's going to look, at this point, it could be a long year. I contend, if anything, like I know a lot of people are like giving him a hard time. And like, yeah, I want to see him do what he did like last season, but I feel like he's being used differently than he did last year. Like he's not being. So at that point, who are you blaming? Like, are you blaming Say him? Say it louder for the people in the back, Steve. Are you blaming him? That don't, or are you blaming the coaching? Right. Exa- well, you're exactly right. Like he's being used. To, and people are like, well, he's not doing this, not doing that. And like, I don't want to be a nerd, but sometimes like, right, you got to understand like what's going on here, what the scheme is, who left, who's here, what we're asking him to do. Right. I would say this. I like him freelancing. The only thing I would tell Adams right now is like, hey, just sit in our defense, right? Because I I feel like he's pressing a little bit, looking Mm -hmm. for that explosive play, whereas like his explosive plays come out of playing solid defense. Yeah. I got to imagine like 
in his head, he's probably thinking, I have to be a difference maker. People are giving me a hard time. I was paid all this money. I was yeah. two first-round draft picks. There's a lot going on with that. And I understand some fans are very frustrated, but I think when you look at it, and you're like, he's not being used the same way. If you're not using him to his strengths, are, is he really then the problem, or is it the coaching and how they use him? Right, and look, for Seahawks fan, it could be a long year. I will say this. I I jumped on when they got good. I'm, I'm here. I'm staying with it. I'm oh, wearing same. my Hawks here. But also, when Russell comes back, that's going to be an angry team. So it, it's going to be a different year for Seahawks fans, but it, it'll be fun. There'll be some games where it's like, holy cow, I can't believe we pulled that off. I gotta be, I'm got I'm very glad that they have an extra game this season. It's like, oh, man, if this was a 16-game season, I'd be like, oh, I'm still going to watch, but this is not – there's really almost no hope. Right, and it's also the downside of playing in the best division in football, mm-hmm. right? It's like, right, every team in our division is good. Yeah, if they could just still win next week. I mean, they should be able to beat Jacksonville the week after that. And then hopefully, I know some people are saying Russ won't be ready in time after the bye week, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Maybe poor Trace of term. Yeah, the Saints, I hadn't <gasps> counted. I really thought we were going to steal one in Pittsburgh. We almost did. But you're right. Monday night football, you never know. Is that here or in New Orleans? That's I think it. That's it's here. here. Yeah. Yeah. So Monday night football, you never know. It's the Seahawks. It's prime time. So something crazy could happen. But right, you're right. You steal one there, and then you should beat Jacksonville. Then you go, okay. Right. Right. We're right now 500. Let's see what happens. Or a game over 500. I think it would, yeah. Yeah, because that'd be three wins. They'd be five and four. Yeah. So, you never know. Uh, Kraken, <laughs> we, we've already been talking about it. Look, it's hockey. It takes some time. They haven't practiced. They've been on a brutal road trip. Brand new team. Don't get to practice on the road. They have morning skates. You don't really get to work on a lot because you don't know where your guy's out. This is, this is not the end of the world. They're only five games into an 82-game season. Right. And I do like the fight. I mean, literally, the, as the games go on, you could tell the boys are tired, and they're like, "Screw it, let's just get in a fight." I'm like, "All right, you need." I mean, it's hockey. You need you need a bit of an edge on something. Did you see that fight in Philly where it was Bastion took on uh, man? I can't remember who on, on on Philly, but one of the fighters for Philly, and he's just basically doing everything in his power not to get hit by no, that guy. I know, right? <laughs> I ready but I give him credit for taking that on. Dude, players respect you just for being willing to drop the gloves. It doesn't. Right. Need, like, a lot of times, your team gets motivated whether or not you get a punch in or not. It's just like, oh man, look, he's taking on the biggest he's, guy on the team. I know that's what was crazy. And happened with Philly, the, the Alexiak, our guy that's like six foot smaller guys Alexiak rocked him the fight ends the other guy's celebrating into the like looking into the crowd like doing like a warrior cry like as if he just beat the crap out of uh, Alexiak yeah I just like we dropped the gloves on their big enforcer like all right yeah it's like oh man I like the fight of this team they're fun every game's been fun minus the Philly game they could have won every game yeah, and look, Saturday that was a that was a brutal loss. Oh, dude. That, that, that was a heartbreaker. Stung. Yeah, that one no. was the most of all of them hurt, hurt the most. Yeah, yeah. All right, there was no F one. Uh, Maryland had a good week because they didn't freaking play, so they couldn't get blown out by somebody. Huskies. They should just be in Maryland. Should just move to Seattle. They're just as disappointing as all the sports teams here. They're the they're the Mariners of, of my sports world. <laughs> Did the Huskies win? No. No, Cougars won. Cougars won. <laughs> then lost their coach. Yep. Excuse me. But hey, he's the only coach to never lose an Apple Cup to Washington and Washington State. I'd say put him in the Hall of Fame. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Get him in there. He won't be able to go there, but you know. Yeah, sorry, get him sir. In. We need that card to let you in. Oh, man. Uh, All right, well. Yeah, I got to go work. Yeah, I'm going to go home. All right, well, stay tuned, wrestling fans. Actually, Daniel Bryan said also it was a good interview. Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. <laughs> Jesus, sorry. I screwed Dude, that up. Dude, it was so hard not to call him Daniel Bryan during the interview. And yeah. the best part is I'm watching AEW and CM Punk was on commentary while Brian Danielson was wrestling and he kept calling him Daniel Bryan. He goes, you know what? I'm just going to call him the American Dragon because he was like, that's his nickname. I, uh, that's why I just say Chargers. Yeah. Because it is impossible to call them the LA Chargers. Raiders. I keep calling. Yeah, Raider. For some reason, the Raiders being in Vegas hadn't been as bad. But That's been char- hard for me. The Chargers been like what two or three years, and I cannot get it out of my head. I'm just like they're the Chargers. <laughs> they play on a West Coast city. So follow us on Twitter at the MegaCast for us uh, for the wrestling fans. Preface this: We're going to come into an interview that I did with Brian Danielson of All Elite Wrestling. If you want to see the match that we're talking about, it's up on YouTube for free. Nice. I think if you just type in Brian Danielson uh, Minoru Suzuki, and it's like S U S U. S-U-Z-U-K-I. I'm sure it'll autofill for you. It's it's called their like their buy-in. It was a, 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 little, right. a little feature that they did on Friday night for those that wanted to watch on YouTube. It's an amazing match. But I interviewed him before the match. The match was just like 
they beat the living piss out of each other, like with their strikes. Nice. Like really laid into it. And and Brian, he he starts referencing it during the the, the interview about how hard this match is gonna be because of how hard they hit. And they they lived up to it. So if you're a fan of wrestling, I think you'll enjoy this. If you're not Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday. Yes, sir. And we'll do another one. I I believe I'm going to have Cody Rhodes joining us at the end of next week's podcast. Legend. The legendist. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's jump right into it. My chat with Brian Danielson here on the Megacast. Hello, Brian. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Very excited to get to chat with you. I, I don't even know where to start other than tonight you're wrestling Minoru Suzuki, and that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super pumped. And uh, and so, yeah, it'll be on, uh, on YouTube uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, live and uh, heading into the Rampage show that starts at 10 tonight on, on Dynamite. But yeah, uh, Minoru Suzuki, for people who don't know, is like this legendary figure in pro wrestling in the sense of like he's done MMA, he was the king of pancreas. He's like he's a scary dude. Some people call him the murder grandpa. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so and uh but what's what's really what's really interesting to me is that like when I was uh when I was 23 and I was in Japan and I was young, and, you know, at that point I'd been wrestling less than 4 years. I wrestled him for the only time in a singles match and he beat the absolute crap out of me. And uh and it was interesting because it actually got me a lot of respect in the locker room from the Japanese guys for fighting back and not complaining and all that kind of stuff and it actually made me a better pro wrestler. Uh now that said, uh tonight I, uh, I, I, I still remember that. And so, <laughs> and so a long so, time coming and, I, and I'd like, and I'd like this, and I'd like to say that I'm going to threaten Minoru Suzuki to, to do the same thing to him, but I don't think he's phased by it. Like you watch him wrestle and he's so physical and he's like, I don't think he's scared of the physicality at all. I think it actually, I, it makes his eyes light up, right? When he gets hit really hard. So, uh, so yeah, it should be fun to watch. <laughs> when he wind- My wife's probably going to call me after and be like, what are you thinking? <laughs> why did you agree to this? <laughs> yeah, why did you agree to wrestle this man? He's crazy. Dude, anytime I've seen him, like, my body hurts just watching. He's, just when he winds up, it's intimidating to see because you just know that's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and you can imagine my 23 year old self, like, uh, stepping into the ring with this, with this kind of legendary figure and, uh, and being a little intimidated. The nice thing about, uh, experience and growing older is that, you know, now, now I'm not intimidated. I'm just excited, you know? So yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty cool. So much has gone on in the last few months for you and you, you, you join on with that, uh, with AEW. The reaction was just incredible. You have such an amazing match with Kenny Omega, which, for a lot of us was a dream match that we never thought would even happen. And now all of a sudden here you are again, having another match that a lot of us didn't think would ever happen again. And it's all happening within a few months. This has to just be a lot to just kind of like, just if I was in your place, I'd be like, man, I cannot even imagine like what has gone on these last few months. Like how do you even take a moment to enjoy those moments when so much keeps happening? Well, so, uh, so I'm very good about, uh, staying in the moment and staying present and yeah. being able to enjoy things, right? Like, uh, that's, uh, it, if I had a superpower, I think that would be, that would be it is the ability to stay present and enjoy, um, the many blessings that I've been given right in my life. Cause I've, I've had some, I've been lucky to have some incredible experiences, you know, but like, uh, but yeah, I think that's, but that's actually one of the reasons why I left WWE and joined AEW is because there were so many, exciting things that you could see on the horizon that like, Oh man, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do this. And all of those things make, make me excited, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, this match against Minoru Suzuki, uh, was just announced like Wednesday. Like I didn't even know about it three days ago. And then all of a sudden, like this, this gift gets delivered to me, like in the, you know, uh, and, and yeah, so that's really exciting. And then two tomorrow night, uh, we have a special Saturday night dynamite yes. eight o'clock on TNT. And then, um, I wrestling Bobby fish. Who's another very oh. physical wrestler. And I love that, right? Like he's a former kickboxer and like loves going in there and really 
beating the tar out of people. And like, that's the kind of thing that gets, gets a fire going inside of me. And so, uh, and so like I, like I said, my, my wife, she's just looking at me and shaking her head and being like, I know when you come home on Sunday, you're going to be beat to all hell, but with a big smile on your face. (laughs) And I love that you mentioned Bobby, because not only is that match tonight with with your buy-in is you and and Suzuki, but also Bobby Fish is taking on Lee Moriarty, Moriarty. And that's an up and coming guy that I got to imagine that you have your eyes on as well. I mean, that, that match too is something that's, it's like, oh my gosh, man, on YouTube, both of these matches are just going to be stellar events. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, you know, and it's, uh, it's really, I don't know, it's just a really a fun time in my career. Cause like you said, there's so many people that I'm looking forward to wrestling. Like there's so many, uh, younger talent that like, uh, like Lee Moriarty and, you know, uh, Daniel Garcia who wrestled yep. CM Punk last week on, on rampage. And there, you know, there's all these, these, there's all these young guys who, you know, they very, those two guys are both very technical and very intense. Uh, but then you've got somebody like Dante Martin who does incredible high flying things that I've never even seen before. Right. Right? And yep. so like he'll be wrestling tomorrow on dynamite. And there's all these guys I want to get in the ring with and honestly kind of kick their heads in a little bit. The young guys, it's funny. I want to do to the young guys, what Monroe Suzuki did to me 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you want them to flinch when you wind up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, but you know what? I, I, I learned, I learned a lot from that match. Right. And it made me a better pro wrestler and I think probably a, a little bit of a better human being. Um, and so uh, and so, yeah, I think, you know, I think that's one of the things that I can help these guys with by going in there and beating the tar out of them. <laughs> <laughs> when you say a better human being, how so? Like, I'm just curious when you say something, I, obviously, as a better pro wrestler, I could see that working with a guy like that ups your game. But how do you feel like he made you as a, a better person? Well, so one of the things uh, that, you know, I was very intimidated by Minoru Suzuki. You know, he's the king of Pancrase and all that kind of stuff. And you go in there and he's beating the crap out of you. And you have to decide whether to just let him beat the crap out of you or fire back. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, uh, I decided to fire back and it was, it was just, you know, kind of a, a testing thing. And then when you, and you don't know how he's going to take it cause he's like a legitimate fighter. And at the time I had not had very much legitimate fighting training. Right. And so like, Hey, Oh, this could go really bad. Right. But then at the end of it, like, um, you know, you fight back, and when you got to the when I got to the back, like uh, there's a wrestler named Yuji Nagata who I yeah. have an infinite amount of respect for, and he um, and he said and he patted me on the shoulder and he said, and he said really good job, like, wow, good fire, good 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 fight back, and it just teaches you, like uh, it it teaches you a lot about yourself, I think, and over and that that you know the whole thing that it's in every amateur wrestling locker room you know ever uh or you know but the the idea that pain is temporary but pride is forever right and Mm -hmm. just like uh and that that match specifically really nailed that nailed that uh to me is just this idea of uh of coming like hey this this really hurts and this this sucks and then you start to absorb it and then like, oh, no, this brings out this other side of me that that you didn't know was there. And so. Uh, so, yeah. So that's why that's why I think it made me. I, but I, I say that about pro wrestling in general. I think that the skills that you learn in pro wrestling, um, if you look at them um, in that kind of way, uh, and you can do this with anything, probably. But the skills that you need to learn in pro wrestling, I think can make you just a better person in general, you know, all the, the variety of skills. I'm sure the same thing with, with radio, you know what I mean? The skills that you guys yeah. have to learn. I mean, I was a kid, I was a kid who couldn't read a book report in front of a, a classroom when I was in high school. And now I go out in my spandex underwear yeah. and do my thing in front of uh, thousands of people. So, I mean, like, uh, I feel like, I feel like being in pro wrestling and dedicating myself to the mastery of this one thing has made me a better person. Well, it, it resonates 
a lot. I know I got to let you run, but I, I, I do wrestle here on the independent level, and I had like for the longest time there was. Did that you wrestle st- for Defy? I, I'm the host of Defy. I'm, I was supposed to wrestle David Arquette, actually, before the world shut down. Oh, gosh. And that, that was kind of a bummer that it didn't happen. For the longest time, you know, people were just like, oh, he's a radio guy just trying to do the wrestling thing. And it took one of those matches where I got the crap beat out of me in that ring and just kept going, kept going. And then when I went to the locker room, every wrestler was like, yeah, you're taking this serious and we respect that. And that was like kind of like a moment where I was like, it really meant something to me to hear that from those guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, and there's, there's also this line that you don't want to cross where it's like people are bullying people because they're inexperienced right. or whatever it is. Um, and, and you don't, and you don't want that to happen because that's happened in wrestling for a long time. And I, and I, and I don't condone that, but I think, you know, there's this fine line between safe physicality hundred percent going out there and like, and, and, and yeah. And so like, I think those things are real learning experiences, uh, and, and, you know, and that can happen in pro wrestling and that can happen in other, in other areas of life as well. But I think, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to, to think about and meditate on and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, I know I got to let you run. I could talk to you forever about wrestling and not, but dude, you got John Moxley just showed up at Defy. You know, we've had Eddie Kingston show up at Defy. We need Brian Danielson in a Defy ring. You know, the place will lose their minds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, uh, I, I have, I don't know. I don't want to, uh, uh, raise anybody's expectations. Sure. But I'm also, <laughs> I'm also trying to, um, I'm also trying to convince Tony Khan to run a show in Seattle and I think it would be easier to do that if I hadn't wrestled for Defy first. True. But uh, but one of the things that I, I kind of, and I've always kind of wanted to do this, is to wrestle for Defy under a mask, and nobody even knows it's me. And, <laughs> and that would, I mean, that would probably defeat the purpose for the promoter. But like... <laughs> But I just, I just think, I just think would be like, you know, kind of a, a fun experience. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, Brian, it's an absolute pleasure. It's always great chatting with you and congratulations on the last few months as a wrestling fan. You know, I have a kid, so I don't have a lot of time to get to watch a lot of wrestling anymore with a two-year-old running around the house. But AEW is the one promotion that I make it a point to find some time to watch, especially when you're on television, man. Uh, you guys make wrestling fun again. And I, and I absolutely appreciate that. Thank you very much. Right on, my man. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you.